Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Man, it's been a while since I did a solo episode, so I thought I'd I'd jump on. And so I was so inspired uh, last weekend. So I was on social media and I'm scrolling through my timeline. Of course, it's going bananas about Tyler Perry's new studio. And I was so inspired in so many ways um, that I thought, you know what, I want to talk about them with y'all. I want to see what your thoughts are. I wanted to talk about the lessons I learned just from seeing Tyler Perry make such a major accomplishment. Um, So I have six things that I learned from the Tyler Perry uh, studio launch, and I want to share them with y'all. So first of all, major props. Congratulations, Tyler Perry, Mr. Perry. I don't think he's that much older than me. So I'm going to say, hey, Tyler. That's my country. Hey, Tyler. Hey. (laughs) Man, what you have created is, as you know, amazing, Mr. Perry. And the inspiration that you have given people, if you're brave enough to not just look at it, even if you're not into acting or entertainment, if you can look at someone who was once homeless and see what grit, determination, hard work, and operating in excellence can do for you, then you should know that the sky is the limit. And I'm sure Tyler would tell you that there's no difference between him and you other than action. And if you're out there acting, then there is no difference. Everybody's journey has a different path. Everybody's time scale is totally different. But the activation and the execution is something that we can all share. So I am enamored with possibility and overjoyed with the execution uh, of pe- watching people's dreams come true. So there's a couple of things. First of all, he, w- the ultimate slap in the face uh, of Confederate ridiculousness and just dumb, dumb idiot thoughts was to build your studio on an ex-civil rights uh, military base. Not civil rights, Lord help me. <laughs> uh, civil war mil- military base. So um, yeah, this is the same ground where people were slaves, where people were in prison, and where this country fought and, and kind of gathered to fight the fight about making our com- country, you know, slave-free, which is not all the Civil War was about. Duh, let's do some history here. But y'all get where I'm going. That is called a full circle moment, if I've ever seen one, okay? That's amazing. But the lessons that I learned from this is, number one, say what you want about Tyler Perry, but he knows his audience. And I want to say that because I know I've gotten caught up with trying to do what the mainstream was doing because they got more followers or they got more likes or people seem to be supporting their thing a little bit more because it was more pop culture. And when I did that in a brief moment, I did that. I'm so glad I stopped. It was just stupid. It didn't work. It wasn't authentic. And it wasn't what my audience wanted. Tyler Perry knew his audience. That's why he was able to go from homeless to writing plays and putting those plays on and them selling out and building this wealth that was able to curate or to grow 
over the years so that he could have the funds available and the resources and the bank lines of credit to open up such a major establishment. Opening up the studio opens opportunity for so many people. I won't even just say for people of color. It's going to totally help people of color. Don't get me wrong, 100%, because there's going to be more opportunity. The place is so big for him to make sure that the overhead makes sense. It's going to be creating productions. So it's going to be TV shows, probably some podcasts. I would see that in his future. I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler Perry started a streaming network similar to Netflix. I would not be surprised. I think he's that smart. Matter of fact, I know he is. He's probably already doing it right now because you cannot continue to just give away your coins because that is not creating generational wealth. And he is definitely creating that for his child. So I definitely see that. I see opportunities for producers, opportunity for marketing, for advertising, for legal, right? For creatives, for content managers, for social media managers, for, um, customer service, right? For IT, for project managers. There is so much that's going to come out of this one man's dream. Man, y'all, y'all hear that excitement in my voice? Because it's real. I just cannot, for people who are listening to this, if you're not a person of color, thank you for listening and not being a person who feels like this show has nothing to offer you because it's not a person who looks like you on the art for the show or whose voice you hear. I commend you because I want you to know that when I listen to most podcasts, I don't see myself reflected in those folks' faces. I don't hear my voice or someone who looks like me or hear someone who has the same life experiences as me. It never stops me from listening because I know that there's commonality in all of us and I can learn something every time. So thank you for listening, for sharing, for coming on the show, for supporting this show and being a person who gets it that we are all humans in this experience of life and we can all learn from one another. So for Tyler Perry, I am just, man, how many times can I say Tyler Perry in this episode? Who's counting? Email me or DM me and let me know how many times I say it. <laughs> Cause I'm already, I'm like, dang girl, you said that a lot of times, but anyway, so Tyler Perry knew his audience and he knew what they liked. He created plays, a lot of folks have seen Tyler Perry show, shows, Medea, Medea's dead now. I don't know if she's ever coming back, uh, but he knew what they liked. He kept giving it to them every kind of way. Medea has done everything except jump out of airplane, right? And she might have in one of the movies because I haven't seen them all. So let me not be, be, uh, <laughs> be bombarded with emails saying, yes, she did, because she may have. But because of that, he was able to grow the platform and continue to pivot and continue to critique it and to continue to fine tune it until it became movies. And when it became movies, right, then he helped with Oprah's network and then created his own shows and went onto her network and began to feed into her because she was in his network. He didn't go out and, and reach out to folks and see how I can help HBO. He said, I see somebody who's like me, who's out here creating something from scratch. How can I help pour life into what she's doing? He collaborated. He collaborated. And guess what? They built and they won together. We build, we mother freaking win. Man, y'all, do you feel it? Can you feel it? Oh, can you feel it? Can you feel it? Okay, shout out to MJ and Jackson 5. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to play that. I wish I had the right so I could play that just for this episode. I think that's what we're going to call this. Can you feel it? So, Mr. Perry did that. He honed in on his audience. 
And you know what? There were a whole lot of folks who had problems with Medea, who had problems with the way he presented us as African-Americans. I don't necessarily have a problem with the way he presents us as African-Americans because we all have different aspects of our families, as our friends, different dynamics, different levels to this. Medea, at times, she was a little much for me, but that's what theater is. It's always much, right? It's slapstick comedy. So it does. I don't have to love it. That doesn't mean I didn't watch the movies or, or participate in any other ways, you know? But what, what Tyler said is, fuck them. If you didn't like it, you didn't have to watch it. It didn't stop him from continuing to create and to continue to make and fine tune the audience and create. What I really like about his platform is he tells stories and he teaches lessons from how do I get, how did I get married to Medea, to meet the Browns, all those people. It's, it's truly a message that helps the community. It's not just buzzworthy things right or sensationalizing one particular thing it's a foundation for making a better place and if you don't see that in the messages that he brings in his work then something's wrong because we need that as a community so however he has to present that and wrap it up to keep you looking to keep you from turning the channel or walking out the theater then he did it and you should figure out how you need to package what you're doing to keep people interested that's another lesson, right? So fuck them was lesson number two. And number three is do it anyway. Do it when they laugh. Do it when they unfollow. Do it when they don't buy tickets. Do it when they say you'll never graduate college because you got a baby. Do it when they say uh, you can't be a public speaker because you sound hood. Have y'all heard some of our most famous and beloved celebrities? You sound how you sound. There's nothing that you can do about it other than to go get a speech coach. But just because mainstream uh, media wants you to have a certain accent but they love to use the colloquialism. If I see one more pop site or blog, you cis inappropriately or um, want to quote some Jay-Z and it's not sounding right, stop it. Stop misappropriating everything that Black people do uh, to make yourself seem cool. If you wouldn't use that when you're talking to your girlfriends in your group chat, don't post that shit on your site. Like, just stop it. I'm sorry. It is so annoying and so disrespectful. It's just as disrespectful to me as them saying that the Kardashians invented box braids. Give me a freaking break. Just give us some props. If you like it, like it. It's, for, it's fresh. It's hot. I'm not saying it has to be just with, a, a, with my color of my skin. If I like something that I see happen on Gwyneth Paltrow's site, which I see all the time, which is Goop, I didn't grow up with a trust fund like most of the people who really can afford the stuff on Goop, but I love how she curates it, but I don't have to try to be that because I can't sell a $1,000 vibrator on brunchyslate.com. I probably could. I don't know who would buy it. Hell, I wouldn't even buy it. So I'm not going to try to do that, nor am I going to try to own her space that what she does. What I do is I do what Amira does, right, from Amira's experience. And if you don't like it, just like Mr. Paler says, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do what I need to do. So that's lesson number three. Number four is he shined on them, y'all. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That weekend of extravagance and inviting the who's who in black Hollywood and the Clintons were there. I saw in some pictures, you know, uh, that's different. That's a whole nother episode. Um, but the red carpet shining a light on the folks who have not necessarily had a light shined on them. 
man, I wonder how some of the actors and actresses and people in the entertainment industry felt being invited to that. Because I know a lot of things happen in Hollywood they don't get invited to. Not the Emmys every year. Like there's some black people you see at the Emmys no matter what. Some of the people who he introduced his soundstage to, Oprah can get an invite every year pretty much no matter what. Will Smith, Halle Berry, you know, but those folks who are out here grinding, building, who are one show being canceled away from being back to whatever they started at, he invited them. They had a seat at the table, y'all. He said, I see you. And he showed the world that they were worthy in there and, and just seeing them on the red carpet. And I haven't seen a lot of him saying, he didn't have to say anything. He shut up and he invited a lot of people in the industry in our own in our own culture who had hated on him. They were there on that red carpet, shining, grinning, probably saying, when can we work together? There's nothing sweeter than showing them. You don't have to seek revenge. You don't have to walk around with hate or malice in your heart. Just show people, sleep on me, that's fine. I got plenty of people who don't listen to Brunch and Slay, who don't support the show, who don't come to the events. I've told y'all before and I'll say it again, I'm not worried about those people. It's not for them. I don't expect everybody in my family to buy tickets or to show up at my events or to listen to this show every week. They hear me talk all the time. They know me. They don't need to hear this, right? That's okay if they don't. I'm not, they all support me in some other way. And if they don't, then they're probably not in my world or my sphere anyway, right? But for those who feel some type of way about what somebody else is doing, the first thing to ask yourself is why do I feel some type of way? And I'm saying that because I've had to do that to myself. There's been times I saw something come across my feet and I'm like, I start saying things I don't like about it. Oh, that's cute. But no buts, Amira. No buts. It's cute. It's great. It's fabulous. Going back to like, let's just say Goop. I'll keep using it because if you've talked to me ever, you know I really like that website. So I'll use that as an example. I won't take it apart. She's doing what she does. It, she's shining. It's great. And if I catch myself saying anything derogatory about it, that's hate. That's jealousy. That's envy. And that is not of me. So I'm going to catch myself as soon as I feel it. And I'm going to clear that out of my space because I'm not going to block any blessings or put any boulders in my path of whatever avenue I'm navigating through this thing called life that I'm walking this journey by hating on somebody else. And if you don't think you're a hater, think again. If you are critiquing what other people doing, saying you like it, but, or you would never, or it's not as good as what I would do, or wait till they see mine, that's a form of hate. And let me tell you right now, you don't need to do any of that to succeed. There is enough room for everybody. Tomorrow, Oprah can open a studio right across the street from Tyler Perry, and I guarantee you they'll both be busy every day. I'm just going to pause because <laughs> I want y'all to hear that. And I want you to also see that Tyler Perry basically just pulverized Hollywood. I guarantee you 10, 15 years from now, Hollywood will be in a whole different light. People will not no longer be, and they already aren't because Atlanta is killing it when it comes to the entertainment industry. People aren't commuting and moving across the world to California to try to be successful anymore. They're moving to Atlanta. They're moving to Atlanta because they have a ton of folks there who are creating. He was already creating um, there, you know, but now it's going to be a whole nother level. He is giving different cities permission to become entertainment capitals. 
who, what the hell is the entertainment capital in the world of the internet and YouTube and Instagram and social media anyway? There is no, there is no capital anymore. It's wherever the hell you want your capital to be. My capital is BASHQ located in Plano, Texas. Texas, baby. Yes. I'm telling you, it is, the sky is the freaking limit, y'all. I am just, it, I, I don't even know what else to say about that. So another thing that Tyler did, this is lesson number five, is he forgave. If you know his story, then you know he had a lot of turmoil. He was abused. He was homeless. He was raped. He was molested. Um, and he forgave. He let that go. He forgave those people who he invited on his red carpet, who have talked about him, who have shunned him, who have not been his advocate when he was not in the room. He forgave them. And because he forgave them and he freed himself, he was able to create something. And he's creating something that's going to pour so much more into the world than what he's taken out of it. And you know what, man, that's my goal. Pour more into the world than what I'm taking out of it. And I hope it's yours too. And pour more into your children, your friends, your family, even your job, than what you're taking out of it. That, if we could incorporate that way of thinking just a little bit more, just twice a day, give more than we get, what would this world be like? What would our families be like? We would feel a lot better. I can tell you that. And no matter what, what I realized is that number six is stay the course. Stay the course. And I say that because I had a moment, y'all know I'm a huge meditator. And uh, I was listening and I had been asking God to show me a couple of things and ex explain a couple of things that I, that I experienced to me and why, um, I questioned some things because as you guys know, if you've listened to a couple of my solo shows this year, you know that I was kind of like, what am I, what is my pivot? What, if, what is the next step? What is this thing called brunch and slate 100% because it's evolved and it's changed so much. And I was kind of feeling like maybe I wasn't necessarily answering the call the way that I was supposed to. Maybe I misinterpreted something. And what I realized is that the moment you answer the call, whatever your call is, you are on the right path. Did y'all catch that? The moment you answer that call, that thing that has been a yearning on your heart, that has pushed you, that keeps you up at night, that you have had the, this, this yearning to complete, to do, to set out to do, the moment you decide to do it, whether that's speak, write a book, the moment you write that first book, even if no one bought it, you wrote it, right? That means it's time for the second. Don't stop because you are on the right path. If it makes you happy, if you're smiling, you get excited about it, you'll stay up late for it, you'll wake up early for it. That's that thing, you're on the right path. Don't leave that path. Don't let, and don't listen to anybody who tells you you should. So what, you open that restaurant and it wasn't a success because people didn't know about it, because that right person didn't come there and post about it, or whatever the case, don't stop, start catering, right? Maybe take your best meal that you had in the restaurant and you make a, uh, uh, you get a truck, a food truck, and you cook that meal and you serve only that meal on Fridays, right? Maybe it's just tacos. Maybe it's just brisket sandwiches. I don't know if y'all remember what Roseanne show when they had, when they opened their little diner and all they sold was loose meat and that made them a success. It's something kind of like that. Scale it down 
work it backwards, see where you went wrong and get back on that horse and don't stop. Stay the course. You will pivot. It will evolve. That's the whole point. That's how you grow. That's how you connect to the people who need you. Stay the course. So that's what my thoughts are on Mr. Perry. Congratulations, Tyler Perry. Uh, congratulations to all the phenomenal folks who he dedicated Sound Studios to. Um, congratulations to the event planners who got to help him put that event on. Congratulations to the dressmakers and the suit designers who got to make custom suits for the people walking the red carpet. Congratulations to every makeup artist who got to post the celebrities' makeup they did for that night. Oh, man. Congratulations. Congratulations. Have a good week, y'all.